Hi. Welcome to uh, Forgotten Thoughts Season 1 Season Finale. I, this is Anthony. And um, it's going to be a long episode, if you can't tell already. Um, it's got a special special meaning in my heart, at least the title does, after school. And um, I had some, some absurd, crazy plans for this episode-ish. Um, I wanted to do a sit-down interview with Aaron and Aubrey and just catch up with them and talk to them. Technically, I couldn't sit down with Aaron because um, she's in Michigan, but I wanted to do it over the phone. And um, I did do both the interviews, um, and both were amazing. Both were great. I got to ask him some questions and um, catch up with them and stuff. But uh, there are some caveats to those interviews. And the first one is Aaron didn't want me to um, post her voice during the interview. She didn't want me to record it. Um, so I could only record her answers and talk about it, which I've already done. Um, I did that right after I did it because I've already done both those interviews today. Uh, I did Aaron's this morning. So I woke up to Aaron's and then I'm going to end the day with Aubrey's and it went really, really well, both of them. And I'm really happy that I got to do it. And my thoughts after both the interviews is I'm very, very, very happy and very excited for the future because... Erin let me know in a way that she is still willing to foster that relationship with me, even if we particularly can't talk all the time and we have to do make do with what we can. She's not wanting me out of her life. I just have to be patient for a time and just take what I can get, but she still wants to be in my life and I still want to be in hers which is good it makes me happy and then talking to Aubrey um really opened my eyes to um a lot of different things about moving forward it was like I talked about my past and my future you know um with everything so it's all really 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 good there and this is like the preamble, I guess, a little bit to the the episode. But since it's so long, I'm going to go ahead and get into it. Um, this is going to be structured to where I'm going to do Aaron's interview first. And my uh, I have to talk uh, about it after and like the an- answer and talk about how she answered. And it's just me. So I'm going to start off with that. And then uh, that'll go on for about 22 and a half, 23 minutes. And then I was going to play Aubrey's interview after, which is going on about 30 minutes, 30, 33 minutes. And then I'm going to actually sit myself down and ask myself some of the same questions or talk about some of the same things that I asked them and uh, particularly do it in my way. And I'm actually going to record that now, um, right after this little preamble here. So, um, thank you for joining me and let's, uh, Let's get into Aaron's interview. Hey, and welcome to. Sorry, that's Apollo. Uh, this is uh, the aftermath 
of the interview with Aaron. Um, again, she had asked me not to post her voice or record her voice. More or less, I didn't record her voice. But I did record her answers to the questions that I asked her. And uh, this is kind of like right after that. Uh, one thing I want to say before I kind of get over some of the answers that she gave me. Because uh, I wanted to, honestly, if I had my choice, I would have had me talking in the beginning. I would have had Aaron's voice or Aubrey's voice doing the interview and then one of them right after each other. And then I would have done a voice and talked about it after uh, and answered kind of some of the qu same questions. That was that was my goal with this episode. But um, I'm going to have to be given what I'm working with. And Aaron's request was not to post her voice. So let's get on with the interview. I probably did this one second after Aubrey's interview. And so I didn't do every question either. So we'll start off with the first question I kind of asked her. Um, actually, before we do any of that, before we do any of that, we did get to talk before. And I woke up to a call from her this morning. And it was really good. And I'm really glad we got to talk for about an hour. Hour and a half, but I will say this: the only reason that she is not wanting to read to put her voice here is because of Eric. And this is my message to Eric: um, if that's the case, and that is, um, you can't avoid me forever, Eric. I live rent-free in a lot of people's minds for a reason, and you'll understand one day. So, if I want to catch up with Aaron, Aaron right now, um, pretty much the basis is she now lives again in Michigan. She's got a baby named Delilah. She's adorable. She's a couple months old. Loves her to death. Absolutely thrilling to hear her uh, little baby over the uh, in in the call sometimes, and it was really good because I was really happy, and that's all I could really ask for, but. You know, I asked her the first question that I had really asked her is what was, you know, her favorite memory for high school with us. And um, she answered the, the first time we smoked. First time we and Aaron and Aubrey smoked together. Uh, and she described a story funny she just got a permit and uh we were driving after a football game on a friday night and uh she was in the front seat uh Aubrey was in the back with me and with a water bottle bong and i puked it up everywhere because it was the first time i'd done it and there was just air water everywhere and weed everywhere and we were laughing and it was the first moment that we really all three clicked and to hear her kind of talk about that was super super sweet super nice and it's in awe made me giggle a bit um she's okay with talking about Aubrey um, which is really healthy to hear um, but doesn't mean that she wants to be around him or see him or even really probably hear about him uh, and that's understandable so I'll try to keep him out of it as much as I can but she's okay with it at least and so I asked her actually if she had like messed with anybody from high school or still talked to anybody from high school and she answered yes and she kept talking about how um it was a bunch of people that were moms now and uh, a bunch of the moms or pregnant girls from that graduated or went to high school together 
kind of talk. And she says, like, kind of a group or something. Maybe not a group, but they each talk separately. And they each kind of help each other. And my friends, Kaylee, ended up giving her some stuff that she still has. She was talking about. And that was all really cool. And it was people that I didn't expect her to even, like, still talk to. Or even, like, I forgot about. And she didn't. So it was really cool to see how everything progressed for her after school that way. Damn. And I kept asking her, you know a little bit about her kids and stuff like that and she always kept talking about her kid and stuff like that and her relationship with Eric has gotten better and that you know she's more financially set than she's ever been in her life and that's always really good to hear because she deserves it of course and she's also you know talking to her made me realize how good of a mom she's gonna fucking be that I always knew she was gonna be but she, she's already like she's got her shit together and that's that's really good uh you know, I think I asked her, you know, what she would do if she could do anything, or she told me that anyways, and she told me she was still, in, like, she was going back to school, that I believe it was makeup stuff that she was going back for, and she's still doing that, and that's really good, um, and so I kind of asked her about her routine, and if it came naturally or not, and that's more of a question, is like, how, how has life naturally progressed for her since everything has happened? And she was like, her routine is pretty natural, especially with Delilah. She says uh, she's kind of still like a night owl, but uh, for Delilah and her baby, and she'll, she'll make it work, especially, um, you know, I think Eric's got a weird working schedule. She didn't really talk about that much, but I assume he does if he's an airplane mechanic. And, you know, that's all fucking fine and cool and shit. And that's really, really outstanding. And I'm glad he's uh, he's got a job and he's doing really well. And I hope it progresses really well for him because, uh, you know, I want us all to mean something. I want this to not be all for nothing. And um, eventually we got to a point where I got to ask her about her biggest disappointment or regret in her adult life. And she answered with smoking cigarettes. And she's done that since we were kids. Uh, She'd always smoke cigarettes and she always hated it. And it's because it ruined her her singing voice. She talks about having a beautiful voice and how she could just win talent shows and bellow like a woman. And I could believe it because she still has a very pretty voice even though she doesn't think of it. Think of it. She's got a very pretty voice. Um, and she just, uh, she says it used to be better. And no matter what she does, that it can't go back to where it used to be before she started smoking cigarettes and everything. And that's understandable. So then I got to turn the question around and ask her her biggest accomplishment. And this one surprised me, actually, because I thought she was going to answer with Delilah. I thought having a kid was going to be her greatest accomplishment. Uh, But she actually answered with finding reasons not to die. And remember, I said this is like, you know, biggest accomplishment in your adult life. And hearing that, I asked her to kind of uh, go in on, on that. And she said that throughout her you know adult life it's finding reasons to not kill herself and she does that by finding things that kind of make her happy it's actually something i was talking about in a, in a previous episode and finding things that make her happy like drawing like taking care of delilah like do singing like being on tiktok doing tiktok stuff being a mom and those kind of things i can completely agree with and i'm i understand why she's really proud of herself because it's mentally mentally so mature and mentally so good and I wish I could have, like, had her talking about it because she could have put it into words way better. 
uh but you know we're given what we're given and uh, it sucks sometimes but we make do with what we're given so on to life you know life lessons and life after school um i asked her for uh you know a lot of lessons we've learned now uh, you know we we learned a lot of lessons between you know the three of us and um if there's any that she remembers off the top of her head and she immediately answered with trust your gut and i understand that because she is right a lot of times and she is wrong a lot of times but she's usually right <laughs> i can't think of any times she's been wrong off the top of her head but she's always justified in her actions in her own head and that's always really good and so she talks about trusting your gut and how there are things that are fucked up that will happen and you just even if you don't agree with it that or if it if the decision tosses in your head or something like that you just gotta you gotta trust your gut and things are really how you see it or feel they really are and that really so uh spoke to me because i'm i'm dealing with a lot of stuff uh that involves that kind of stuff right now and so it was really good to hear her say that uh and so let me see where we went from here and the next question i kind of asked her was um oh i went off topic a little bit and uh you know I asked her, you know, you've always loved animals. She said, you know, she had animals newer. She had Suku Addy. Um, she had a bigger dog. She had a fish. I think she had rabbits or something. I don't know. She had some small animal. She's always loved that, uh, animals. And so I asked her, you know, if there's an animal you could see or ride or meet or whatever, which one would it she be? And she, um, she called it a capybara. I have no idea what that looks like. Apparently it's some like big rat or something. Um, I'm going to look it up and it's going to be probably really cool. But she said if it wasn't, uh, if it wouldn't hurt it, that she would ride a capybara and with her 110 pounds, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> but if not, uh, she said the red panda, which is all really cool. Um, that's just some funny shit. <laughs> yeah, and then I got to ask her about uh, her routine a bit and if she even like planned it. Again, I kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I'm going to go back to it. And she said it changed a little bit when Eric was home on the weekends. And that she had to fit her schedule around him. And it was a process, but it worked and it comes more naturally than anything. And it's all about adjusting a plan and all of that. And we and then went into a talk about her and Eric. And uh, again, me and Eric did not get along very well. And, um, you know, I've battled with that and he's battled with that and... That's why I'm not supposed to be on speaking terms with Aaron. And uh, that's okay. Because it's the consequences to my actions. I wasn't nice to him. I was a dick to him at first. But uh, again, I do want to see them work out. Because at least it meant something. And at least it was for all for something. And she said, you know. He's done some crazy shit. And there's been points when she's been kind of done with him. But then he kind of fixes it out of nowhere and he can almost sense when he's about to lose her and he fixes it and it's very important and very good and in my comes and in my terms and my understandings you know uh relationships are a choice it's not a feeling it's something you choose every day 
and it's something that you have to uh, come to terms with that there are going to be disagreements and fights and periods in time where you're going to be apart and sometimes you're going to be together closer than ever and it's about working out and and realizing that it is a choice and people are not flawless and people have problems and people have psychological damage and it's okay and as long as you know they're putting effort into fixing it that you can deal with and always get better and finishing up the questions uh what else did I ask her um I think I asked her about her first memory of me and her first memory of me she was talking about was me asking her out to homecoming uh, kind of randomly her sophomore year and she had a boyfriend that she was already going for but that always stuck out of my mind because I think she would have said yes I think that's what it implies maybe I'm thinking too hard thinking too far it doesn't matter now but she always talks about that one and I have no idea why it means so much to her I tried to take you know, own it on it and I don't know she talked about like because I we had classes our freshman year together we had two of them and uh back to back beginning of it and she just she was, there was a lot going on in her life and so she didn't really remember that much but she does remember the sophomore year thing a lot and it's just interesting to me because sophomore year is before we all kind of became friends and all that and um yeah I'm looking back on it and it was so long ago I mean our friendship goes on eight years now uh eight to nine years and a lot has happened in between those times. So it's hard to, to remember sometimes. And she does remember the old days and remembers her previous life and shit. Um, and she does miss it. And she says, you know, part of you will never get over that. And I agree there. But I also think that it was a time that I wouldn't give back for anything. Any, I wouldn't change any of the details that happened in it. Even though it worked out the way that it did, there's things that are meant to happen, and I'm going to find out what's meant to happen sooner rather than later. I also got to talk to her because uh, soon I'm going to be moving out of Freeport. I told her that I'm getting clean. I had an experience that changed my life just two days ago, and yeah, I've got some changes to make, and these interviews with them are is going to help me make that change and these interviews are are made for me to see where we're all at after everything and where we're out after school because to anybody out there who's listening that is going through early adulthood and has or is in the process of losing friends or hasn't lost friends yet, you're going to lose your friends. You're going to distance from them. One day, you're going to have your last meetup, your last group session, your last friendship. There's going to be a last of something. So take every moment that it's worth because you can't go back once you pass those moments. One last question I had for her before I ended the interview 
was if she had any questions for me. And she obviously couldn't think of any off the top of her head. I mean, it was hit her out of nowhere. Uh, and she did actually answer, ask me a question. And uh, she asked me what her fa- my favorite pet of hers was at all, ever. And I answered Suku uh, because I, that's the one I remember the most because she was the most energetic and uh, fucking lively creature I've ever seen in my entire life. But if I also said if you count Apollo as being yours, even though he was yours for a, fr- a few hours, well, my dog actually that she got um, like a few months before a bunch of shit happened, uh, I would count that. And we laughed and we talked about Apollo for a while. And um, yeah, she, she, um, you know, reassured me that it wasn't her choice at the end of the day directly. And it's not my choice directly at the end of the day either, but it was both of our decisions to get where we are now, all three of our decisions to be at the point where we are now, indirectly or directly. And we have to come to terms with that. And we have to come to terms with our friendship had an expiration date on it. And we didn't know it. And it sucks, but... It's a lesson we go into our next lives with. And that's something I got to talk to her about too. Was uh, after the interview and stuff, we talked about our philosophies and our thoughts and our, um, honestly, like religion, our thoughts in the world. And we got to talk about souls because we both believe in souls. Um, and I've. I told you, I told uh, her I believe in souls in a way that there are people who I believe are, are born with souls in this world. Not everybody has them. And it's not up to me to judge who has them or who ha- doesn't. But these souls are carrying life lessons and also meant to do, to learn life lessons that we carry into our next lives. And she was talking about pretty much the same thing, except she said, that they go around from life to life seeking purpose. And sometimes they don't find that purpose. And sometimes they do. And when they find that purpose, they put all their effort into it. And then they go on to the next life. And we got to talk about how we think, you know, souls are connected to the universe. And that's why um, when souls feel, you know, destructed towards anything in the universe or anything happens to hurt the earth in any way... Um, or somebody else's hurt sometimes you know we feel it really deep down inside of us and I think that's because you know we are a part of the universe and that's what we feel and then I got to tell catch up her on some of my life and um, I told about my dad and um, I got to caught up on that and we talked about how I found out four and a half years later he suicided um, and that I'm okay with it because of the soul thing and how I believe that people who have souls have soul contracts as well. And soul, cra- soul contracts to me are um, before any of us are born into this world, we meet up with everybody we're going to meet in our entire life. And 
they are telling us that they are going to have to teach us each a lesson. So we go through and they tell us what they're going to teach us and how they're going to teach us. And before we're born, we agree to everything that they um, tell us that they're going to do. So I believe that my dad and I met up before, you know, we were both born into this world. And we said what we were going to teach each other. And he told me he was going to teach me uh, what he did. It's a lot to process, like grief and regrets. And yeah, he taught me a lot. And that helped me get through it. And she was really touched by that. And, you know, at that point, we were about 52, 53 minutes into a conversation. Um, that we had also been talking to about 20, 25 minutes prior as well. And uh, it became time to go. And so we said our goodbyes. And, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's reassuring that it isn't her choice. And I am still going to give her a call for her birthday because that's what I'm going to do. I also got to tell her that I am going to do after school. I'm going to make it a show. And when one day, 10, 15 years down the line, when she's looking back, she's going to be on Netflix and she's going to see it. She's going to be like, no fucking way. And then she's going to click on it and then she's going to laugh her ass off because it's nothing like it, but it is just like it. And it's okay. And I get to wait for that day. I also got to tell her that this is the first time I got to talk to her sober in a while. And that was really good. And she believed me, of course, because I am. <laughs> and it was also really, really reassuring and really good to me to talk to her sober finally, because I needed that. I needed this, and I hope she needed it too. But now, here comes the point where... I asked myself some of the same questions that I've asked Aaron and Aubrey today. So let's get on with that. So. Hey, uh, this is my interview with Aubrey for Forgotten Thoughts season finale. Uh, thank you for joining me, Aubrey. Thanks, Willow's no also here. No problem. Um, y'all should know about Aubrey. Um, there's plenty of stories I've told about this man. This man has saved my life. He's a great, great fucking friend of mine. He's been here for eight years of my life. And um, since I'm doing some things personally, um, I wanted to sit down and talk to him after all of this time and figure out where he's at now and where he plans on being and all the things that I've learned from this man, I can just kind of get condensed down. So I've already kind of asked him the first question, um, so I'm not going to make him answer it again. But, um, you know, uh, I'll start this off when I just asked about Willow's kid and how it's influenced him, and he gave me a really good answer. Um, hey, how, how did uh, how did y'all first meet again, if y'all don't mind? Like, did he get yeah. you with the fucking stare, the Niels Nielsen stare? <laughs> <laughs> we met at the strip club. You met at the strip club? Yeah. Yeah. I saw her dancing and I was like, uh, 
you know, wow. I, I feel like I should get to know her. <laughs> just, yeah, you did. Like, and so you walked up to her, got her, got well, to know her? You get to know me real, well, real quick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bought the 10 private dances. This is right. And, uh, it's like, I have $200 for you here. But I tried, you know, not to make it like I knew most people at the strip club made it like I want you to put your ass and titties on my face it was like <laughs> I want a chance to talk to you for an extended amount of time oh, yeah. in private away from all of these people in this loud music and then we did that and got to know each other kind of we left the bar together left the club together went to a bar and continued talking and it was just you know really really cool experience not like anything i've ever had before meeting people in social settings like that that's cool that's cool and, um, has anybody ever like really approached you like that willow before yes but it felt more like i really wanted a stripper kind of thing okay well, like, Aubrey, it wasn't and i don't know what compelled me to like drag him out of the club to a bar and then thankfully i asked to see his id so i found out his last name about two or three days went by, and I stalked him on Facebook and gathered the courage to message him. Oh, so you messaged him? I did. Because all I knew was her stage name, really. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. That's, that's cool to hear. And you all have, like, honestly, like, a super healthy take. It seems like I've talked to him many a times, and he's always told me, like, it's super healthy. Y'all just don't fight. Y'all are just adults existing as adults that come together for common, like, terms and like common stuff and it's like it's very open-minded yeah too and there's a lot of communication that's another that's thing good. i'm not really used to is someone really not communicating problems just being very passive aggressive to me and that's yeah definitely something i've noticed is very different in this and have your previous relationship like helped you like get away from like that or you've always like been like that been like this really but the other people weren't he's been the most receptive to the way that I think and how I like to problem solve within relationships and yeah he's not doing any drugs anymore which was also a problem with my past relationships understandable and he's also very open-minded which my past relationships were not <laughs> overall it's the it's most healthy beneficial experience the most healthy yeah that's good that's good so Aubrey I was saying earlier it's yeah. been almost a decade of like being friends. I can remember the first day I walked into eighth grade, dude, and <laughs> got moved within five minutes. I yeah, mean, Miss Trouble, Miss Trouble said it's right on the front, oh. like sat me right in front of him on the side row, and he looks at me. Immediate first words out of his mouth: "Call him gay." Call that kid gay. And I just I like, look up and I'm like, "Hey, hey, are you Joseph? Yeah, you're gay." And like the class heard me, and the class started laughing. <laughs> Trouble just looked at us, and she was just like, "Do I have to move you already?" And she moved me to the other side of the classroom, and it did not help. We were just making, like, yeah. signals. We were just up above, like, just yeah. making signals. You know, we're in eighth grade. We're cool. And that was, like, the first day of my new school, and that was that was it. And uh, Joseph, I think, was at an age where, like most people who, you know, have different sexualities, he just couldn't really make his mind up. Like, yeah. one week he'd be like, you know, I want to fuck dudes. And the yeah. next week he'd be like, no, I'm straight. Why are you um, saying that? Why are you saying I'm gay? And then yeah. he'd be back on it. He was a cool dude. I didn't have anything against him. He was a little annoying, but, like, I think... Everybody is an eighth grade. I don't remember him much in high school. Did he Did he stick around in high school? I just remembered that. He was kind of quiet in high school. He was. He was there, I think, till 
sophomore junior year. Yeah. I didn't. I saw him working at the gas station down the road. Yeah, at a Chevron. Yeah. Yeah. So, out of all these, you know, years, is there any particular story that you particularly remember? Mm, there's so many. Uh, especially <laughs> the one time, it was like summer after senior year when relay station you got like 30 bucks worth of food you're like what what are those macaroni nuggets give me all of them <laughs> was that corn dogs all of them but pizza sticks crispitos all it's of them. also like 2 30 a.m we're blasted off our ass we're so big so big so many peace teas like so 30 bucks <laughs> all of them we were playing call of duty we were playing zombies man and then uh watch a shooter yeah that that's very resonant yeah. in my mind is watching that in your yeah. living room your mom was never home and we just pretty much lived at your house yeah my mom took off for that summer yeah yeah and like megan got to stay for that one week we you went you went you went and picked her up for me homie yeah. and brought her to my house for a week her parents did not know did not want us dating and we had dated for like a year yeah and then they did that and uh i was home alone my mom had moved out of the yeah. house for the summer and uh you my brother took the, my brother so attempted the panzer mortar <laughs> the uh, panzer mortar easter egg so many times oh my god yeah so much league rage so much nuclear thrown yeah man do you still mess with anybody and talk to anybody from high school and stuff man i still talk to desmond she'll talk to desmond okay um KD, you know about that. I mean, I don't really talk to her, but mm-hmm. I know she exists. She knows I exist. She checks on me sometimes. Sometimes asks me for money. I'm like, nah. Um, Lacia every now and then. Lauren, especially Lauren. Yeah, I her. yeah, I just talked to her the other day. Lauren's Lauren's always gonna be like there. Lauren's for sure. There, yeah. I mean, Lacia have talked like a little bit. She uh, um sees how much I post about Willow and send her friend requests on Facebook. She was like, I want to know your girl. Yeah. Lauren, Lauren's definitely good people. Definitely respectful. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, she just, uh, she's just a ball of energy, too. There's a yeah, ball of fucking energy. She's a sweetheart. Yeah. There's definitely more people I wish we would have stayed in touch with after high school. Like, uh, yeah. But I'm, I'm happy that my circle's yeah. limited to people that I have known and trusted for even throughout high school yeah for sure not just random friends like you know yeah and you've talked about um how you went sober uh how long ago now did you go sober (laughs) um you don't have to put an exact time a couple months ago like several months several months now that's good that's good i'm I'm making my my journey there it's like towards or more because like i remember right after i bought my car i got a car insurance policy for six months and it is now over yeah that's good and i was sober at the time how hard was it when you first started out when you first had the decision to quit everything and you just like you got tired of it for the first week i'd say because i smoked weed for about 11 years there was definite like my body was used to using THC for most of my source of like dopamine you know brain chemicals and stuff and eating so for like a week after I stopped just like nothing was funny I was on edge it was hard to eat like eating made me sick and it was honestly hell but I knew that if I smoked weed it was just gonna kept 
was just like you just didn't have any desire to do it you just were coming off of it and the only thing that would have like made you feel better was like smoking it so, no i mean no. smoking it got to a point where smoking weed made me want to kill myself it made everything feel like too much okay. it made my breathing bad like there was a couple times i took a grab and then i couldn't breathe and my, yeah. couldn't, my vision went out and that was really scary Okay. And so I was like, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna die or I'm gonna kill myself when I smoke weed. No one feels like that. Okay. People That's like, good. So That's good that you've broken away from it and you've gotten away from it. So want to funnier topics and stuff like that to get away <laughs> yeah. from that. It's good though. I just want to know for my personal reasons because like this is gonna help me get away from everything. I mean, yeah. it, if you haven't smoked weed for 11 years... Yeah, then it's it's, I'm not trying to get away from, again, weed. It's not, like, what I'm trying to... I'm trying to escape pretty much every other drug. Any... Yeah, okay. That's that's kind of it. Well, um, harder things, there's usually more severe withdrawals. Yeah. And I don't really know about that. I mean, when I quit Dusty, it was bad withdrawals. And that's, like, what I'm trying to remember. And, like, I finally made a decision that I wanted to quit, even though I, like, I technically wanted to quit for a while. Like, there's always everybody else pushing on me. Yeah. So when I finally made that decision, it really helped me. But, you know, we've done so many crazy, maybe illegal, maybe not so illegal things, <laughs> and tore <laughs> shit up, you know? Is there anything you tar- particularly remember, like, from the time that we were just wilding <laughs> out in high school? Abandoned houses. <laughs> Abandoned houses. Like, anyone particularly you remember or just... Um... I just there was that one that didn't look very abandoned. <laughs> <laughs> the one that came out of with a guitar and a clarinet. And yeah. And then is your one like, chance to come? <laughs> yeah, you got five minutes to come. I'm like, oh my god, are you getting a blowjob in the back of my car? I think you had five minutes to bust in that. Or something. <laughs> yeah. There's the one by my grandparents' house that's a series of trailers. With booze in the fridge. <laughs> that was the, that was the, like, there was, that one was, like, the second to last one, and then we did the one right by your mammals, and then we were like, all right, we're, we're done. Like, the this, farm by mammals. The farm. Oh, like, we, we turned, like, 18 right around that time of the farm. we got into those trailers, there's booze in the fridge, I was like, dude, this isn't abandoned. I don't think we're supposed to be in here. This is breaking in here. Oh, man. Is there uh, anything you particularly, like, regret in your adult life? Uh, or even high school that we, you know, um, you're done. I try not to have a lot of regrets because everything that I've done made me who I am now. And even if they're bad things and I learned good things from them and not to do them again and how to handle situations that I have in the past certain ones it's not beneficial to me to experience them again yeah it's uh it's understandable i'm the same way i wish i would have taken my time better instead of just taking your time you know blew through it and like with school i saw a facebook post the other day i posted after sophomore year was over and sophomore year summer was over and i said um i hope junior year flies by as fast as this summer did and oh man, that, that that was the start. That junior year is when we started it all. That's true. That Where, just like made my stomach hurt thinking yeah. about how I just spent so much time in school wishing that it would fly by faster so I could be an adult. <laughs> I didn't realize how much I would yeah wish that I was a freshman in high school again. That's good. So if I turn the tables and go from disappointment, what's your favorite or greatest accomplishment outside of high school and being an adult? 
getting sober. Getting sober. Probably. That's because good. most of the time That's up good. until recently that I've been out of high school, I've just been smoking pot, working a job for like eight months and then quitting and then um, spending the time without a job, smoking pot and just not really getting anything done. I mean, I never went to college. Um taking care of that Chevy Sonic for four fucking years. Yeah, I'm really, yeah. I'm proud of you for that too, man. You had that Chevy Sonic forever. I went through, I went through vehicle after vehicle after vehicle in high school and that man had this Chevy Sonic. He's like, I'm not going to be Anthony. Like, I'm not, I'm not getting rid of that Chevy Sonic. Bro. And you had it, you made it work. I mean, you had it for a week and your mom drew into a grill. That was not my mom. That was me. That was you. You blamed your mom. You blamed it all on your mom, dude. You were like, I you're, blamed it on my mom and my grandparents <laughs> because it was. I just got the car. That's funny as hell. Like, I let mom drive. She drove to the fucking grill. Oh man. Oh, you know we've also had a chance to learn a lot of life lessons together. Yes. Um, particularly for me, what I remember is surrender the outcome. That's that always. Good one, yeah. That's the one that resonates that's with me. Written on a piece of paper in my wallet oh, yeah. right now. Is there any life lesson besides that maybe that um, you you particularly remember? Um, not to be afraid of judgment because other people's definition of you shouldn't be a reason not to do something that you feel like you should. I gave you that one. That's good. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I can't quit nicotine. And nicotine's, you know, it's understandable. It's all right. Unrelated topic. I can't shake the Nick Buzz addiction. <laughs> it's okay. It could be worse. It really could be. Nicotine's not that bad, in my opinion. I could be on Duster still. That's yeah. The way I look at. Like, I've dropped everything except the Nick Buzz. Some love. Yeah. Some love. Is there a particular story you have that you learned that lesson by? To not care about what others think or whatever say? Uh... It was pretty much like when me and Aaron broke up and she never came up from work, I saw how like everybody was looking at me in shambles and all of my stuff was at her house and yeah. it was just a bad situation and everyone was just like, dude, you gotta go, you're like a loser, you don't have a job, you work for us for 40 bucks a week that you spend <laughs> on weed and it was just like... I saw that opportunity as, like, a fresh start. I saw the pieces I needed to pick up and the ones that I needed to leave behind. And I wasn't a loser, even though everybody looked at me as one. I wasn't a quitter, how everybody looked at me as one. I endured that, and I got a job, and I was moved out of my grandparents' house in less than two months of having to move back in there. Yeah. Um... I remember you worked really, really hard, and we were at uh, different paces around that time because a lot of stuff was going on. I moved into your house, actually. Yeah. Out of memos, and then, like, was working doubles at Domino's. I bought a gun because I knew I was delivering pizzas to yeah. bad places and didn't want to get robbed. Yeah. And I, mean, I was always at work. Shit. I was always at work, and work has definitely gotten my mind off of that mm-hmm. in, in that period of time. I was not only benefiting myself by making money, but I was also distracting myself from what had just happened. And, um, I guess it's not really like I was worried about judgment. 
mm-hmm. and didn't want to make certain decisions, but it was just worried about judgment, so I lost confidence in myself. But yeah. I snapped myself out of that That's because good. the people whose opinions I was listening to were my ex-girlfriend's family members. <laughs> yeah, like, such a good bunch there. Yeah, what a no, incredible bunch of humans. Yeah. But it just kind of didn't make any sense for me to hear these people calling me a loser and actually <laughs> didn't know your life. believing that. Yeah. I, mean, I agree there. That was, um. like, not even close to the worst <laughs> thing I've been through. So <laughs> it was not even going to come close to stopping me from That's good. getting back up and brushing the yeah, dust yeah. off. Willow, question for you. Yeah. Did you grow up around Shreveport? I did not. I'm from Texarkana. Texarkana. How lucky. When did you move back to Shreveport? Or when did you move here to Shreveport? I'm sorry. Technically, I moved here not too long ago. Me and Aubrey agreed to live together. Um, but I first came to Shreveport last year whenever I met my ex. Mm. Kind of ish lived with her for a while because we we're both working here, working seven days a week, and it just wasn't feasible for me to drive back and forth to Texarkana literally mm. every day. So, about a year now, overall, <coughs> even though there was a period where I was back in Texarkana. Yeah. And you are already. How old are you again? Twenty two. Twenty two. Okay, so you are our age. Yes. Uh, other, I know you've got like your kid, and a lot of like moms will find purpose in their their kid and all that. Is there anything else that like maybe gives you a little bit more purpose or like has a life purpose? How fucking stubborn I am. And you're stubborn. That's it. <laughs> Headstrong as shit. Headstrong as shit. Hell yeah. That's cool. Is there's like, if you know you had unlimited power, wealth, money, power, whatever, you can do anything in your life. What would you do? I've always wanted to live modestly. Honestly? I mean, I just want to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. I would like to have leisure time, and I'd like to have time at home. There's not much. I'd give back to a lot of people, mostly my family. Okay. Priority-wise, but then everybody else can come after. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's good. All right. Aubrey, let me ask you a few more if I can finish this up for you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, regarding our friendship, to me, no one has come close to... To you friend wise and i put everybody on a comparison to you whatever it comes into my life uh-huh. like um i mean me and you just click i've been told and so many people have just told us we just got a vibe together yeah. and after eight years you know we will fucking like do that but even from day one it kind of felt like that yeah um natural. and even like when i'm here i haven't been like around you in a while but after like talking to cam and talking to all these friends that i've been kind of getting close with like still like nothing just like feels like talking to you and hanging out with you yeah. still um is there anybody else that like you kind of is, do you have anybody in like a pedestal like that or do you even like haven like have a anything particularly like that i don't really like to pick favorites out of people that i understandable friends with probably healthy that i love um but if i could tell you somebody who in the past few months has been there and we've had the most in-depth discussions and who has been the realest with me and told me when I was acting a fool like straight up like you're being retarded right now you need to stop (laughs) you're being a child right now I didn't really realize it in the moment but the things I was I wasn't handling situations properly and it would be Bruce Bruce he's very real with me and for somebody who I mean, we're about five years apart, four or five years apart, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really carry himself like somebody who's 17. Yeah. He's definitely wise beyond his years, and 
I mean, when we talk about each other's emotions and how suicide is a very common thought and temptation in our mind, that's something that we can deeply relate on. And he's told me before, I've helped him find purpose in his life and I've made it a little bit more comfortable of a stay because I don't want to kill myself but I think about it a lot and so does he and he knows he's got family and friends that love him and I know I do too but it doesn't stop that from crossing my mind yeah I know you know I've I struggled with that years ago and really until I would say end of 2018 till the maybe beginning of 2021 really is when I had gotten past that like and I had maybe got past that a little bit maybe in like September of 2020 or whatever I know for me the question started whenever I was at my worst with what makes me happy mm-hmm. and I couldn't even answer what happiness even felt like I can now to me happiness is a constant like emotion it's like a peaceful um you know you're safe you are um, I don't remember what I said whenever I wrote it down, but it's like a, it's just a, a peace and a, a comfort and knowing that you're okay yeah. and that things are going to work out even in the face of something that may not be in the moment that well. And there's a lot of things that particularly like make me happy and I have a list of it now. At that time, I couldn't even answer that. But now I have a whole list like making, honestly, this podcast has really, really helped my mental state. Um, and I know... League's always been there for me. It's always been that. I've always liked making people laugh and smile and taking people out of the moment, out of their problems. So you feel like League makes you really, really fucking angry sometimes? I've I've worked on my mental a lot. I don't get angry at the game. Really? I don't. You Like, I'm actually very, very nice in game now. I believe that. I, I mean, I had to. I had to work on it for my mental because I took a lot of my anger out on the game. And the only way I was going to get better at it is if I stopped making decisions based on anger and started making decisive decisions based on information that I was given. That's a really good lesson to learn. Yeah. I'm and really you can apply that in life. Yeah. It's just... Uh, yeah. It's... the outside of game. Yeah. Just... You, you will never make the right decision when you're burning with emotion. And it's okay to burn with emotion, but it's realizing that you can't make a decision in that moment. And that if, for instance, in the game of League, I can't just take a break and step out of it real quick. No, you've got to, like, fix your mental right there. And you have to realize that you are angry and you are tilted. And you've got to, like, have some kind of measure, at least for me in, in my experience, um, that snaps you out of it. For me, meditation helped me a lot with my mental. It actually helped me a lot um, just clearing my mind and getting out of my head so that I can stop doing things to distract me from thinking in my head, which is one of the reasons why I do so many drugs and do so many escapes and why I have just, you know, it's been stale or just, uh, what is it? Stagnant. Stagnant. Thank you. I uh, really, I feel like without drugs, it, you know, it makes me have to practice being in control of my own mind and feelings a lot more because I can't just pick up a bong and get stoned because that Mm -hmm. makes everything worse for me at this point and being sober is just like this is my mind and I can't run from it and I'm not going to because I can't yeah you can't you can't run from it forever it's It's gonna catch up my fucking body (laughs) yeah (laughs) for a lighter a lighter topic um We've always, like, been fascinated with animals. Like, really cool animals always making like, insults, comparing people to monkeys, whatever. <laughs> we want. Is there, animal? like, a... Is there a particular animal you'd like to ride or just hang out or just see one day? Like... 
Capybara. A capybara? Yeah. Interesting. I want to have one. Giant fucking guinea pig. How about the after party? That is really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you why in a, in a minute. Um, is that your spirit animal? No. Um, <laughs> no. You are not the first person I've done this interview with. Oh, yeah. Uh, I did it with somebody else. You you conduct interviews very well. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And she answered the same thing. <laughs> and it's just it's just interesting i'm sorry to like divert off that it's just it is interesting to me what kind of person would want to befriend or ride a capybara is that like a type of person i guess huh? Libra. <laughs> we already talked about um you know, you're playing leaving Shreveport before it, it did this and stuff. It's like, um, but do you, uh, do you have a, a, an estimated time on how much longer you're going to live in Shreveport or be here in this area? And is there any particular way or you want to go? I just know I want to leave when I, when it's time. Okay. Personally, I'd like to wait until I become a technician and start making a lot of money and then... At that point, I'm going to find a city with a Lexus. I'm going to look at where all the other Lexus dealerships are located. Mm -hmm. And then just pretty much come to the conclusion of where I would like to move to. Because I don't want to move to a city that I know nothing about just because there's a Lexus dealership. (laughs) Understandable. transfer my progress. So you're patiently waiting for, for life to to move you there present me the opportunity i feel that that's where i that's where i am with reports like i'm gonna start saving but i don't know where particular where i'm going but i'll find my way eventually i know i will i know i don't want to be too far away from my family as well i'm sorry to interrupt no you're good you're You're good you're totally about to say something yeah oh dude i I, i've gotten pretty good where i can i know how to talk if you can't tell uh you you compliment me on the interview stuff and i know i'm really good at it uh, but that's because I'm me and I am oh, confident. Yeah. I've learned to be confident in my abilities and it's not being egotistical when you are actually good at your shit and you can say you're good at your shit and prove why you're good at your shit. Exactly. Yeah. If you could prove it, then you could talk it. That's something that, um, that was another lesson back to what you asked me earlier. That's <laughs> another lesson I've learned is because there's a fine line between recognizing what you're good at and then bragging about being yeah. good at something that you're kind of like mid at doing. Yeah. And when I receive compliments, I kind of don't want to then say it out loud that I'm good at that later on just because I feel like it's kind of bragging about it. Mm-hmm. Like the way that I look or the fact yeah. that I can play piano or the fact that I'm cracked at certain video games. You know, I don't want to just go around talking about the shit that I'm good at all the time because it just yeah. sounds like I'm yeah. just bragging. But that, that's, it. yeah, it is like the ego thing where it's like if, if the topic's brought up, then you can talk about it and like compliment yourself. But if you're actively bringing the topic up, then there's something bothering you about it that you want to put on other people. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, and you can apply this lesson, in my opinion, to anything in life. Like if somebody is really, if somebody is like really those that type of person to see somebody's flaws and just this person's annoying and they call them out for just random shit. And it's like, you're, they, there's you're no battling something. There's they're like the it's inside. being brought up like no intention. Like there's no reason it's being brought up. They're just bringing it up generally because they just see their their they see their flaw in that person. And they yeah. 
same thing, same thing. And, um, you know, you're talking about your routine after work and stuff like that. Does it come natural to you? Like, you know, everything you do or, or do you have to like plan for some stuff or? Uh, I mean, I, I try to leave the evening open every day after work in case something comes up unless I have plans. But every day after work, I just come home and then get undressed and, you know, I take a good look around my room. If something like laundry needs to be done, if shit needs to be picked up, if trash needs to be taken out, I'll handle all that stuff first Mm -hmm. and then just kind of lay around after that until it's time to sleep or like play video games or sometimes I'll move my setup in the living room and like play Fortnite with Morgan or something and... I just figure out ways to pass the time. I don't like not being busy because then I get in my head a lot. And um, I found that instead of doing drugs, one of the best ways to avert negative thoughts from being intrusive, you just stay busy and stay productive. Do something that makes you happy. And that's why Nuclear Thrones there a lot because it's very interactive. I don't like TV a lot unless I'm about to fall asleep. I want to do something that stimulates my brain and... You know, it's like, it's not distracting yourself from your problems. It's going, I can't deal with them or I can't think, think about it. And my brain is not going to stop thinking about it. So I have to get my mind off of it in a healthy coping way. Pretty much. Yeah. And that's good. And it's not even just like problems. I mean, if I know I have a problem, I do what I can to fix it. And if I can't fix it right now, then I don't think about it right now. I yeah. wait until I can go do something about it and then solve it. Like with my insurance... Mm-hmm. My my policy lapsed. Same. So I just got to go make a new one tomorrow. Same. Once my check goes through. And instead of tripping about it all weekend, I just realized the offices are closed. There's nothing I can do about it right now. Surrender the outcome. You're going to take care Surrender of it. Surrender the fucking I'm, outcome. I'll just like, handle it always, Monday. That but. is always one thing I'll never forget that you taught me, man. And it applies to so many situations as yeah. well. It's such a universal... Fucking like piece right. of advice. I, I feel bad for cursing. I didn't know if you did that. Oh hell yeah, dude, dude. Fuck these kids. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so as a last question, is it like, uh, is there anything you have to ask me? Anything that you particularly want to know or answer? Have you found your purpose yet? Absolutely, and I'm so glad you asked me this because I actually just this weekend figured out how a little bit more of my purpose, and um, I'll tell you that right now. Um, my purpose is to be the good that's equivalent to all the evil that's in this world. And that's beautiful. I want to leave the world in a better place than I found it in. That's beautiful. By living my purpose in any moment of the day that I see my purpose in. That, yeah, I'm really happy to hear that. That is my purpose. That's a very good purpose. And people will say that I'm a people pleaser and people will dog me for it. I've had people dog me for my purpose. And I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck because... I'm now actually going to use that as motivation to prove that these fuckheads are wrong about me. That's the bad in the world that you're trying to exactly to. trying to talk you down from having exactly. Everybody talks world. about this. The world is evil. The world is evil. Well, there's always a balance to it, That's and I'm right. gonna be the fucking balance. That's you my could, point. Yeah, you could either contribute to the evil, or you could go against the grain with it and be a better person than so many people that are in the world. And I really like that. My purpose is very similar to that. Hell yeah. What is your purpose? I think I've shared this with you before, but I'd like to be a beacon of hope for those who have little to none and uh, just remind people that no matter what 
cloth you're cut from or what situation that you experienced growing up or what experience you have as even as an adult nothing's impossible and nothing's strong enough to take you down because you weren't created to be taken down you're created to fight until you're complete mm-hmm. until you're done doing that in this world and you've lived and learned all the lessons and you're ready to move on either to your next life or to your to whatever comes next whatever comes next you know if if you gotta repeat everything and learn some more lessons as a different person somewhere else in the world then that's what will happen but um, hell yeah well that's pretty much beacon of hope that's it beacon of hope well that's good you know what I'm saying man um holy shit that was really good I'm really happy um it's been 34 minutes that have flown by um and yeah and I'm I'm really happy you, uh, you had great answers and um, you can find this podcast if you want to on Spotify anchor uh, it's forgotten thoughts Anthony Turner uh, and this is gonna be the season finale of my first season so That's beautiful <laughs> I was part of the season finale. oh yeah dude uh, so again thank you for that and I've got a lot of editing and a lot of work to do but uh, thank you for joining me and thank you Willow as well for joining me and, and being so so kind and generous uh, for everybody at home thank you for, for listening and uh, y'all have a good rest of y'all's day because you can make it happen whenever you want Welcome to the third part of this season finale. I'm about a bowl in from where I was in the beginning of this. Uh, so we're feeling pretty good. Uh, I just wanted to talk about my thoughts and share my stuff after I've talked to both of them. And um, let's start with what I woke up to this morning. Which was a call from Aaron. And did not expect it. I uh, know I did send her a text, but I did not expect a call or an answer or what. And to wake up to in the first thing in the morning, it felt great. And we were talking about a lot of things. And looking back on it now, I realized that we were still going to have the relationship that we have. We just can't have it as often as much as we wanted or want to. (laughs) And I've accepted that and come to terms with the fact that at least I still get it. And that it's not her choice. And I'm okay with that. And things will work out in the end. And then after I got done talking to Aubrey. I'm realizing that he can still talk talk about her. He can still say her name. And that surprised me. You can still talk about her in stories. That surprised me. And it's good to hear. Because, again, I'm caught in the middle of this. Where I I was connected to both of them. Whereas they don't feel like they may have lost me. I feel like I lost them. And 
it's hard for me to come to terms with because they are two separate entities. I'll never get them as one again. And that's what I've been missing. I think we each saw it about each other as a whole unit versus separate. With Aaron's point of view, she saw Aubrey and Anthony. (laughs) Whereas Aubrey saw Aaron and Anthony. But I saw them as Aaron and Aubrey. They were grouped together in my mind. And so... I'm left to pick up the pieces of a broken relationship of what feels like divorced parents. (laughs) That's the best way to describe it is weird and oddly complex that sounds. It's the best way to put it. And it feels like one of those parents moved on and I can talk to you every now and then maybe once or twice a year and one of those I can go see every now and then but now I'm left to go find some more friends like that and um, I don't really know how I conducted these interviews to see where they were at in the, their particular point of times, two years after they broke up. Because it's right around that time. Phones was gone for two years. I don't think either of them realized that. Maybe I don't realize that. Maybe I'm the one that doesn't realize that Aaron and Aubrey have been re- gone for two years. And it hurts. I wish I could have them back as a unit and that'll never happen. And I don't know what to do. It hurts so bad. And this pain won't go away. And it makes it hard to breathe and it breaks my heart. It makes me feel like I'm going to die from my heart breaking. But there were some really interesting answers to these questions that I want to talk about. And the first one I want to talk about is the... The capybara stuff, the animal thing, it's very interesting to me. That's that's when the circle came together. That's what made it all full circle. A capybara meant something to both of them. And it's very interesting to me because I'll never know. But they definitely left each other with that. I do find it very interesting that both of them answered that. (laughs) 
and uh, I know I remember the first questions I asked both of them was like, do they still fuck with anybody from high school? And they both had some interesting answers. And my answer to that is, uh, no. I don't. I don't really talk to anybody from high school anymore. I guess I can count Lauren. So maybe her. But every now and then still, but... Not really. Which is understandable. And I asked them how they were going to take the lessons that they learned from previous relationships to help them in their new ones. And they both have found new people, actually. That's what's funny about it all, is Aaron is still with Eric. Aubrey is now with Willow, and I am now still left friendless-ish. I wouldn't say friendless, but without somebody, I guess. And, um, I don't know why. I really don't. I it want, I want to say my choice, but it doesn't feel like it. If I had the choice to not, I wouldn't. So, I'm stuck with that question. But, um, if I was left with any lessons, I guess, it's to... Appreciate the moment. Because it will go away. That would be my lesson. I am currently trying to go sober from something. You can hear me and Aubrey talking about it. Um, you know what it is. I've talked about it on the podcast if you've listened. Um... So I wanted to ask him a lot of questions about being sober and stuff. So I got to. And that felt really good. And I got a lot of good answers. And then I got to talk about the biggest regret slash disappointment in their adult life. regrets but I have things that I wish I didn't do maybe but maybe not regret them as in like cause I have something to take away from them I guess um I guess honestly it would be continuing to smoke meth after John maybe it's the way that I treated Eric the first time I met him. What's my biggest accomplishment in this 
adult life that I was living, um, it's definitely my truck. Uh, I bought it, and I've maintained it for two years now, and I have a bad history with cars and wrecking them, and I went through countless, countless cars in high school, but I've held on to that truck for a while, and I'm very happy about it. And again, the lessons I've learned over the years and shared with others, I talked about with Aubrey, but definitely surrender the outcome. I wanted to answer that first because I wanted to hear if anything beyond that popped up for him because I was going to answer that. But definitely surrender the outcome and just letting things be that you can't change right now. It's universal. In my last few questions, I've already touched on the one about the animals, so I'm going to skip that one. And I asked them regarding the friendship. Did they rank anybody and did they have anybody on a particular list or anything? And yeah, I compare all my friends to Aaron and I compare all my friends to Aubrey. Um, Maybe they don't realize that. Maybe they do now. They all touched me. In ways that... I don't know if anybody else will ever touch me. Like, good way. Not physically, but... The... The impact y'all left on my my life. (laughs) Y'all saved my life. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for y'all. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if I could answer the uh the animal question. Uh, I would actually not choose a capybara. Fuck that animal. That animal is shit. <laughs> it's a fucking elephant. Fuck y'all. I would definitely do an elephant. I love elephants to death. They're fucking cool looking. They're big. They're scary. And they're peaceful. As long as you don't punch them in the butt. Regarding routine, I asked them about their routine, and, um, yeah, it definitely, definitely comes more natural to everybody, it looks like, and, uh, I don't definitely try to play in mine, <laughs> um, I fucking just go by the seat of my pants all the fucking time, and, uh, I got a contender too, a lot, every day, usually that's where my natural philosophies come in and I meet people that I hang with and bring them home and all that fun shit but I'm kind of done with contender it sucks it's not a place to be and I've been forcing myself to go there for a few weeks for no reason I think 
other than I just didn't want to get a job. I don't think I'm much longer live in Shreveport either. I think I'm going to try to be out by the end of the year. Um, it just, it sucks here. I hate this town. I hate the people in it. That is the town. I'm lucky to have met the three gems that I did. There are a few people in this town who are good, and I've found some good people, but there are just some bad people, some fucked up people that just don't care about anybody. <sighs> and the last one is I asked Aubrey and Aaron to ask me a question. Here, I'm going to ask y'all a question, except I'm not going to get the answer to it, and that's okay, but I don't know where it hurts more, and maybe you can answer me, so what hurts more, remembering forgetting as I as I close down this episode uh, because that's it for me uh, and my questions uh, holy shit it's been a long day uh, a long weekend really it's been a long fucking weekend uh, and it's weird to describe it because it's a weekend that changed my life that I'll never really fully understand what the fuck happened. Uh. All I know is I woke up. I woke up and realized it has been two years that I've been drowning myself. Trying to forget about a life that I never had. Instead of appreciating what my life was like at that point in time. I encourage everybody to... be a little bit of a trying to put it into words a a less hopeful person in the best way possible because hope for me I guess is a fantasy world for me it's a world of something that will never come to exist and I want so bad for that world to exist that it hurts when it doesn't when it just in the grand scheme of things will never make sense to work out like it does 
<laughs> I'm learning that the universe has a really, really well planned out plan. And a part of that plan is for us not to know what that plan is and to just experience what it, what it is. All I know is the three of us each are the part of the eyes of the universe. Something that we all three have in common is believing in reincarnation and believing in souls. So we are definitely, in my opinion, in all of ours, meant to be together at one point. Kindred souls, whatever. So we were meant for each other. And we were also meant to teach each other things. And we all accepted what we would teach each other. And it hurts. But we had to teach each other these things to see each other again, maybe. Or whatever. To move on. For us to be better. There's a reason for everything. I'm gonna go cry now. Thank you for joining me. For my season one finale. No forgotten thoughts. Have a good rest of your day out there, you beautiful souls.